Good evening and welcome to this latest edition of the Heart Podcast, being recorded tonight at BMA House in Central London. I'm Dr Alistair Lindsay, and in tonight's podcast we'll be discussing the role of polyunsaturated fatty acids and their causative role in coronary artery disease. This is the subject of a paper that was recently sent to us from a group in Pittsburgh of which Dr Akira Sekikawa is the lead author. Good evening, Dr Sekikawa. Hi, uh, good evening. Thank you very uh, much for your paper. Yeah, thank you very much for uh, having me on the today's podcast. And let me uh, talk a little bit about uh, long-chain polyunsaturated fatty acid first, okay? Yes. And uh, ever since the study in Eskimo that uh, they have a uh, dietary intake of long-chain N3, very high and almost a lack of myocardial infarction since uh, the study 1970s, that started the study on the long-chain polyunsaturated fatty acid and its association with coronary heart disease and atherosclerosis. Ever since, lots of research has been done, but the issue is uh, uh, there is some controversy in the recent study that uh, many randomized clinical trials among high-risk a participant, uh, they don't have uh, particular benefit on uh, coronary heart disease, especially cardiac death. But the issue here is that the dose of uh, omega-3 fatty acid, a long-chain uh, polyunsaturated fat, fatty acid, appears to be very small as compared to the even the, the average dietary dose among Japanese in Japan yes. regularly consumed. So that we focused on this uh, study that a very high level of omega-3 uh, fatty acid consumed in Japan and whether that had some benefit on atherosclerosis. Yes, and you compared that to an American population, which I understand the dietary intake really isn't as high in terms of polyunsaturated fatty acids. Right. Uh, there is uh, amazingly 10 times the difference between Japanese and Americans. Wow. Uh, Japanese, on average, about 1,000 milligrams per day, as opposed to uh, United States, America, uh, probably less than 100 milligrams per day. Wow, that's fascinating. So a huge difference. And mm-hmm. to look at that difference and the impact it might have in coronary artery disease, you mm-hmm. looked at a particular study which you're conducting, which is called uh, ERA Jump. I wonder if you could tell yeah. us a little bit more about the study. Okay, uh, this is an international collaborative study, and especially an epidemiological study. So we focused on men age 40 to 49, Japanese in Japan, Japanese Americans and mainly Caucasians, American, uh, Caucasian Americans, three population. And we compared uh, cardiovascular risk factors. Also, that we measured atherosclerosis using the standardized method. Uh, one is coronary artery calcification, which is the uh, calcium deposit in the coronary artery. Uh, we can evaluate by CT, but uh, this is a very strong indicator or predictor of a future cardiovascular event. Also, the, similarly, we measured intima media thickness, thickness of the carotid artery. This is also a strong predictor of future cardiovascular event. And what we found is first level of traditional cardiovascular risk factor, such that serum level of cholesterol, blood pressure, diabetes, 
or cigarette smoking, at least Japanese in Japan profile is not better as compared to uh, U.S. Caucasians.、Okay. But despite of that fact,、uh, what we found is that the coronary calcification or the intermediate thickness of the carotid artery significantly lower in Japanese in Japan. I see. So that's a, a marked finding, and it、mm-hmm. may explain some differences in the incidence of, of coronary artery disease between the two populations.、Mm-hmm. One of the things、oh. I just wanted to pick up on before we moved on was I, I liked very much what you did with your CT scoring method, whereby、mm-hmm. you took an initial CT calcium score of zero to, of course, mean the patient didn't have any coronary artery disease. Right, right. But in the follow up, if the patient had a coronary calcium score of greater than 10,、mm-hmm. you said they had. Coronary artery disease, but patients、yeah. who had a not to ten value, you actually、uh-huh. screened out and said, "Well, that could be noise, that could be artifact," and、yeah. that seems to me a very robust way of doing it. Is that a problem that's been seen with other studies in this field? There are several studies reporting the same, that,、uh, such as the Dallas Heart Study. Right. They took the twice、uh, coronary calcification, coronary calcium score, and the variability. In the range of score one to nine is very large as compared to coronary calcium score greater than 10. Right, so once it's above 10, we can be more sure that the patient definitely has coronary disease. Right, right. Very good. Okay, and also,、uh, can I add a little more about the JUMP study? That、uh, always this type of study,、uh, okay, oh, Japanese have low. Atherosclerosis or low heart disease, or it could be a genetic. But we have Japanese American data which shows that the Japanese American actually have a much higher level of atherosclerosis compared to U.S. Caucasian, which strongly indicates that the Japanese are not protective, protected genetically against the atherosclerosis. That's, That's ve- very, very interesting.、Uh, yes, very、uh, important point indeed. So it suggests an environmental influence、mm-hmm. is quite strong.、Mm-hmm. And of course, as we mentioned in your paper, you were looking particularly at the environmental influence of diet and polyunsaturated fatty acids. So、right. can you tell us a little bit about your results and、uh, what you found in the ERA JUMP study looking at coronary artery calcium scoring? Okay.、Uh, one is、uh, we compare the incidence of、uh, coronary、uh, calcification. And the incidence is significantly lower in Japanese in Japan、uh, as compared to Caucasian. The, the、mm. uh, ratio is about 0.3,、uh, very low. And after adjusting for several risk factors,、uh, traditional risk factors, this difference、uh, does not diminish or attenuate. But、uh, after further adjusting for serum level of long chain N3 polyunsaturated fatty acid, significant difference、uh, disappeared, indicating or suggesting that a very high level of serum、uh, long chain、uh, polyunsaturated fatty acid. Uh, have some effect on the difference between the two. Yes, that's right. So that's summarized quite nicely in Table 3 in your paper, where you、mm-hmm. show that once you factor into your model the effect of polyunsaturated fatty acids, then the difference between the two populations goes away. 
Very interesting. So in your discussion, you go on to mention that this is in keeping with uh, one Japanese study which mm-hmm. supported the anti-atherogenic effects of uh, polyunsaturated fatty acids, and that was yep. the the JELIS study, the Japanese right. uh, EPA lipid intervention study. On the other hand, it does contrast a little bit with some of the other studies out there, such as the Origin study and the mm-hmm. Risk and Prevention study. Mm-hmm. Um, can you give us some thoughts on on why the trials differ a little bit? Sure, uh, very different with regard to uh, one is that. Uh, uh, study in Western countries such omega alpha or the origin or the study, they first of all dose of omega three is ranging from three hundred to uh, nine hundred milligram, mm. and uh, on top of their dietary intake of omega three, very low. But the Japanese study in Japan, uh, they use the omega three fatty acid dose of one thousand eight hundred milligram. On top of, on the average dietary intake of 1,000, so that the range of omega-3 consumed by participant is very, very different. This is the first biggest difference between these uh, two group of study. Okay. And the other is that uh, uh, study in Western countries, their main target is very high risk. Uh, patient or all, already on the state of art treatment group, as opposed to Japanese uh, study, they just recruited uh, those with hypercholesterolemia. So that the combination of Japanese study is the primary and the secondary prevention, as opposed to Western countries' study, uh, mostly secondary prevention. I see. So two very important differences there. Number one, the nature of the population studied. And mm-hmm. number two, I think that's an excellent point. When we're considering how much we need to supplement, we have to take into account how much is the population taking in its background mm-hmm. daily dose anyway. And that's a really important point. Right. So given the deficits in those trials, can you maybe just tell us a little bit about where your research is headed now? Are you thinking of doing more prospective studies yourself? Yeah, uh, Issue here is that uh, I need to point out that the Japanese in Japan, we have that uh, Japanese have the data on nutrition survey, and for the past 50 years, mm. uh, they uh, their consumption of omega-3 fatty acid has been very high. So, and my personal feeling is that probably it is very tough to. Uh, prove in a randomized clinical trial setting of shorter duration. Shorter duration means five years. Uh, Five-year randomized clinical trial to detect the outcome, uh, say comparing 1,000 versus 2,000, it may be uh, a little tough. Lifelong exposure to very high uh, omega-3 have uh, we believe the effect, so that the probably some intermediate factors such that uh, uh, atherosclerosis measurement or the say inflammation markers or such types of study be needed. We believe, but uh, we need to know the much better mechanism on that. 
I agree. I agree. And of course, when you open up the possibility of imaging biomarkers like you've used in the current study, we know mm-hmm. that there are pros and cons to using those imaging biomarkers. But right. I do take your point. Doing a population level study on polyunsaturated mm-hmm. fatty acids will need long term follow up and it will right, be right. A, a major, major undertaking. Is it mm-hmm. the sort of thing, however, that you feel might be feasible in a country like Japan? Uh, I think like uh ten year study current condition of funding it would be very difficult right to do. Uh-huh. understood understood and that's these are problems that of course are facing random miles trials uh, around the world, not just in pharmacotherapy but also in devices and so mm-hmm. on as well. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much. That was a very provoking uh, summary of something that probably uh, doesn't get as much attention as it deserves, and that's the role of polyunsaturated fatty acids. And clearly, from the data you've presented, there are still a number of questions to be answered, and I do hope we find good ways of doing that in the future. Okay. Uh, thank you very much for having me for the today the broadcast, and I really enjoy talking with you. Pleasure. Thank and you. Ver- thank you very much for sending your paper to heart. Thank you.